Hey everyone, and welcome to Theana Money, where we seek to help the good man leave an inheritance to his children's children. This is Jeremy Collins, the host of Theana Money. This week, I have a really great episode in store. Not that the other ones aren't great. I hope you think all of them are, but I feel quite proud of myself coming up with the idea for this week's episode, and I think you all are really going to like it. But first, a few housekeeping items. Theonomony is part of the Fill the Earth Network, a network of podcasts and blogs. The Fill the Earth Network is ran by Cruciform Ministries, so go follow Cruciform on all the social media platforms and take a look at what is going on there. Also check out the website at cruciformministries.org. While you're there, check out Cruciform Bible Institute if you want to get a better quality Bible education at a quarter of the cost of many others out there. The classes are great and I am the one who teaches apologetics for the Institute. So maybe I'm a bit biased. Or maybe that means all of the classes except for apologetics are great. Depends on how much you like me, I guess. And lastly, before we get started, make sure to subscribe to the podcast feed, turn on notifications and auto-download so you don't miss an episode, and follow Theana Money on social media and tell your friends about the podcast. And if you have any questions, don't hesitate to comment on a social media post. Comments are good for the algorithm, after all. Or email me at theonamoney at gmail.com. Alright, so back to the topic of today's episode. What is this idea I am pretty proud of? Well, it started first as a tweet that I made from Theana Money's Twitter a couple weeks ago or so. But I liked the idea so much I wanted to expand it out into an entire podcast episode. This is what the tweet said. You can live in Deuteronomy or you can live in Judges. There are no other options. Hashtag theonomy, hashtag God's law, hashtag Christ or chaos. So I wanted to unpack that tweet, or more specifically this idea of Deuteronomy or Judges. I want to explain what it does and does not mean. Sometimes explaining what something is not can actually help us to better understand it than explaining what it is. An example of this is the Trinity. Since the Trinity is wholly and entirely unique, it is easier to explain what it isn't like than what it is like because there are no correlations or analogies for the Trinity that don't fall into some sort of heresy since the triune nature of God, like I said, is completely and utterly unique to himself. So let's first look at what this statement about Deuteronomy or Judges is not saying. Then we will look at what it is saying. 
So this statement is not saying that we literally still live in the Old Testament. It is not saying that we literally still live in the Old Testament. It is figurative, not literal language. We don't literally live in Deuteronomy or Judges. The span of time the book of Judges covers passed thousands of years ago. So you can't literally live in that time unless you have a time machine. And if you do, let me know so I can borrow it and go back in time a dozen years or so and invest a few grand in Bitcoin. So no, this statement doesn't mean that we literally still live in Deuteronomy or Judges. Nor does it mean that we are under the Mosaic Covenant instead of the New Covenant. Although that is what some thought it meant and refused to be corrected on. A guy retweeted the original tweet and said, I live in the New Testament, praise God. As if that is not implied in the original statement. Then when I explained it in more detail and corrected him, he told me, let's not kid ourselves. You mean a lot more specific by theonomy than simply God's law. Now, multiple spelling and grammar mistakes aside, it appears that he was telling me that either I'm a liar, or he knows my heart better than I do, or both. So I gave him an even more detailed explanation, and the two of us went back and forth for a little bit before we ended the interaction on what I believe was charitable terms, and I hope he agrees. Now, for anyone like that guy who thinks I am some sort of Hebrew roots guy or a Judaizer or something like that, listen to this podcast episode, or really any of them, all the way to the end. I close every episode by telling you all to apply the law of God in light of the gospel of Christ's atoning death and resurrection to every area of life. Unless the person thinks that this also is a lie to cover up my true motive of being a Judaizer or something like that. So no, contrary to what some may claim, this does not mean that we reject the New Testament and try to live like there are still only 39 books of the Bible. It doesn't mean that we do some kind of reverse Andy Stanley and unhitch the New Testament. In fact, this statement is only truly possible because... Of the New Testament. If Christ does not tell us that we are to go and make disciples because he has all authority, then our mission is futile and it will fail. If we are not sealed in Christ with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is given as a pledge of our inheritance unto the redemption of God's own possession, then we do not have the power necessary to change individual lives. And then nations as a whole as greater and greater populations within nations are regenerated. Sure, we may still have Psalm 2, but that psalm is incomplete until the first coming of Christ. So how is it any guarantee of anything if we reject the New Testament and embrace some sort of extreme Hebrew roots? So saying that we either live in Deuteronomy or we live in Judges is not saying that we live only in the Old Testament and not the New Testament. Nor is it trying to reinstitute the sacrificial system as that was fulfilled in our sacrificial lamb, the Lord Christ Jesus. So what is this expression saying then? It is saying that we are metaphorically, but not literally, 
living in Deuteronomy or Judges. Metaphorically, not literally. So what does that mean? This statement says that we either live under God's law or we do what is right in our own eyes and then we see depravity like what we read about in the book of Judges. There is no other option. Not even one. You know, to be like Paul in Romans 3, quoting from the Old Testament, mostly Psalms, a little bit from Isaiah, when he says there's no one who does good, and right when that person's about to say he's the exception, Paul says not even one. So just when you're trying to say that your country or you personally are the exception of this, either living in Deuteronomy or Judges, there is no other option, not even one. You have Christ or you have chaos. And yes, Deuteronomy or Judges is my version of Christ or chaos to at least make it a little bit original. But I still want to give credit to Doug Wilson and everyone else who has said Christ or chaos since plagiarism is a big deal right now. But that's enough about the new SBC president. You are all familiar with the book of Judges, aren't you? The book where a guy as bad as Samson is a good guy because everyone else is so much worse? A book where a concubine gets murdered and then her corpse is cut into pieces to inform everyone of what evil took place in her murder. A book where an entire tribe of Israel is nearly killed off. The book where everyone did what was right in his own eyes. That last one is the most important because it is the reason for all the other points. In Deuteronomy, we see God's good law laid out. We see it ordered like the suzerain vassal treaty common in the ancient Near East, God being the sovereign and Israel being the vassal. We see blessings for Israel in their obedience and curses for Israel in their disobedience. In other words, we see blessings for Israel when they do what is right in God's eyes and curses for Israel when each person does what is right in his own eyes. So, what was that phrase repeated several times throughout Judges again? Oh yeah, each man did what was right in his own eyes. Then look at the downward spiral of depravity that Judges details and highlights. Now, that does not mean that we live under Deuteronomy exactly as a good Old Testament Jew would. Jesus fulfilled the law and the prophets. But that also means we don't reject them outright because in the same verse, Jesus says that he did not abolish them. So, we still obey them, but they look different now. We no longer have to offer animal sacrifices because Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. In short, the moral law is still applicable. The ceremonial law is fulfilled in Christ, and we obey it in him as we obey the gospel. And the civil law is still applicable, but we look at the case laws and see how they apply today, rather than attempt a strict one-to-one -one correlation, as if we were still Old Testament Israel. For a more detailed look at that, check out a few episodes ago on Theonomy with Dustin from Christ and Capital. So what Deuteronomy or Judges means is this. If you don't submit to God's law, you will end up submitting to your own law, which means you will do whatever is right in your own eyes. 
that didn't go well with Israel in the book of Judges, and it likewise will not go well for any nation, ancient or modern, that tries it. Just look at where we are in the United States of America right now. This nation was founded on many biblical principles. Some early SCOTUS justices would even cite scripture on occasion, if not often. But how would you describe America today except by saying that everyone does what is right in his or her own eyes? And look at where we are now. Sodomy parades in the streets. Literally, like this time, I'm meaning this both metaphorically and literally, sodomy parades in the streets. And if you don't give it your undying love and support, you are a hateful bigot who needs to be re-educated, probably by a gay choir that is here to take your kids. Children, that is, those under the age of 18 and still legally minors, can get abortions or begin hormone therapy without their parents' permission in many places. Hormone therapy that leaves many of these young girls sterile, so if they realize their error and foolishness, they can never go completely back because though they can alter their body to resemble how it should have looked, they still ruin their reproductive system and can't have children. Some people are pushing to get the age of consent changed to 12 years old. But this evil here is really just consistent with all their other evils. If that girl can get puberty blockers, why can't she consent to sex? Isn't that a lot less life-changing than puberty blockers? That's the type of stuff we see when it comes to people living under their own law, doing what is right in their own eyes. With that last one there, as Christians living under... God's law, New Testament Christians living under God's law, we would say that both the puberty blockers and the premarital sex are morally wrong for any 12-year-old, but our current culture is just being forced to be consistent with their insanity and depravity by saying, well, if that 12-year-old can get puberty blockers, then why can't she consent to sex? Because, you know, what's to say one is good and the other is bad? according to their worldview, which is basically just every man does what is right in his own eyes. So the number of great evils I could mention that take place regularly in America are massive. I just gave you a brief list there, but I could go on to describe many more. Abortion, this victim is always right mentality that is strongly related to critical theory and intersectionality. Murders other than abortion, like we already have like a million murders in America every year from abortion, not to mention all the other murder that occurs every year in America. For more on abortion, check out last week's episode on the Hyde Amendment. But even that doesn't complete the list. We have pornography, we have open and encouraged fornication, and all kinds of other great evils. Honestly, how can we not say America today is just as bad, if not worse, than Israel was in the book of Judges? We stopped living under Deuteronomy and started living under Judges. America is living under autonomy rather than theonomy, and the result shows in the wickedness tolerated and even celebrated in our nation. If this continues, we will likely see just as great 
and even greater atrocities in America as we read about in Judges. So what is the solution? We've seen all this bad news, but is there even a possibility for good news? Is there a solution? And the answer is yes. The solution is for national repentance, a revival, a pouring out of the Spirit of God as millions of people across the nation repent of their sin, believe the gospel, and cry out for God's mercy on a nation that deserves his judgment. Psalm 2 teaches us that rebellious nations are crushed by Jesus, he whose wrath is quickly kindled. These nations are his inheritance, and he is their king. Anyone who repents and takes delight in the law of the Lord is blessed. But the wrath of King Jesus falls on all who rebel against him and attempt to cast away the cords of his sovereignty. For more on that, read Psalms 1 and 2. This national repentance will only come if God sovereignly and monergistically brings about revival in our nation. God is capable of doing this and has done so with nations in the past, including our own during the First Great Awakening. But we do not know God's mind nor the future. All I can say is that he will either crush America in judgment or crush the hearts of the people in revival. He will crush America in his wrath and bring the nation to its knees, or he will crush the hearts of the people with repentance and faith in the gospel. He will crush their hearts with godly sorrow, with conviction of sin leading to repentance. All I can say is one of these two things will happen. I don't know which. We pray it's the latter, and every day I'm growing more and more not fearful, although too often I would say fearful is a more accurate word, but just worriedly trusting in God's sovereignty that the former, the crushing in judgment rather than the crushing in repentance and faith is what is going to happen. So all we can say is remember God is sovereign and trust in him for the future. May our great-grandchildren live in Deuteronomy and not judges, whether that be in a Christianized America after revival breaks out or in a new nation that comes about after the destruction of America and other nations that have been actively and wholeheartedly rebelling against God. For decades. So that was this week's new episode of Theana Money. Maybe a little bit depressing at the end, but hopefully if you are a little bit saddened at the end, that will just give you godly sorrow rather than worldly sorrow and lead you to do greater work for the kingdom. So as we go, I want to remind everyone that the law of the Lord is perfect sure, right, pure, clean, and true. So go apply that law in light of the gospel of Christ's atoning death and resurrection to every area of life and preach the gospel faithfully. Grace and peace. Satisfies my soul It revives me And satisfies
Oh, you.